reading from the book of the prophet Zephaniah. Sing aloud, O daughter Zion, shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has turned away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall fear disaster no more. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior who gives victory. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you in his love. The Lord your God will exult over you with loud singing as on a day of festival. The word of the Lord. So once again, thank you to so many who are here in the church and those praying with us online as we gather and journey towards Christmas. Of course, uh, different Christmas opportunities again for us this year in, in the midst of the pandemic and other challenges in the world, and yet we persevere in faith. We proclaim the good news. We listen uh, to God's love. And uh, as we began our prayer, uh, this evening, you know, mentioning this opening prayer from Henry Nouwen, and we repeat it each week. You know, much like uh, the times we, we come to Mass, we hear the readings, we go through the Advent journey, preparing for Christmas. We go through this time and time again because we can be very forgetful of how the Lord is stirring our hearts so that we can be the best people, we can be the best messengers of the good news. and reminds me of a story of uh, a pastor who comes to his new parish. First weekend he preaches, he preaches the homily. Second weekend he preaches the same homily. The third weekend he preaches the same homily. This happens for five weekends in a row. The people are upset. The pastoral council goes to the bishop and says, Bishop, you've sent us this pastor. He's preached the same homily five weekends in a row. Bishop asks the pastoral council members, what did he say? They all looked at each other and couldn't remember. Bishop said, let him preach it one more weekend. Sometimes we hear things, but we don't remember. That's why, you know, ritual is important and for us to kind of, and, and it's a lot of it's dependent on opening ourselves to absorb, to embrace God's love that hopefully then transforms us. You know, we can hear, but that doesn't mean we listen. You know, we can hope to change, but that doesn't mean we're going to change. Yesterday afternoon, I had an opportunity with a little bit of a break in the afternoon. I uh, switched on the television and found some college basketball, which I'm a big fan about. And it was the University of Kentucky versus Notre Dame. 
and uh, I've coached and officiated. I was never a very good player, but I coached and officiated basketball for a long time, you know, and uh, it was nice to see. I got to watch part of the game. And the game of basketball, for those of you who, who may know or may not know, it's, it's, it's really, there's strategy, there's offense and defense, but the game is all about momentum. That's what the game's really about. The momentum uh, of advantages, of scoring, can swing from team, you know, one team to the other, depending on the circumstances. And part of the role of coaching basketball is to either slow the opponent's momentum or to start up your own team's momentum. And hopefully and usually, the team that controls most of the game in the end wins. And you use different tactics for that. You know, defensively, you want to slow the other team down, you might change the defense. So you might put in a full court press. You might go to a zone defense, especially in college basketball, to change up the rhythm for the opponents. And hopefully they, they falter. Or, as in many sports, you can utilize timeouts. Call a timeout and stop them in their tracks, even for a brief minute. As a coach, you reconfigure your team to respond to the momentum and hopefully it transfers over. And it just goes back and forth, back and forth, countering teams, countering each other's momentum. If some player is playing really well and making all the shots, well, you put your best defensive player on them. You force them to uh, expose their weaknesses. If he only dribbles, he or she dribbles only with their right hand, you force them left. There's all these different ways in which you can try to disrupt the rhythm and then be able to march forward. Well, as we gather in this special series during Advent, Advent is that season of hopefully disruption for us. To change the momentum of kind of being self-absorbed, being caught up with the, you know, presence and kind of commercial reality of, of Christmas, maybe distracted by the disappointments during the pandemic or other personal disappointments, and we kind of, kind of get into that and we, we forget and how we're called to live our lives, how we're called to move forward. And so Advent hopefully disrupts that rhythm, that routine for us that so often can slightly and slowly drift us away from God's presence and God's love as we pray before the Blessed Sacrament here, that we are reawakened to God's joy that he freely gives us if we simply open our hearts to him. And over these four sessions, these four weeks, we're looking at particular characters of the scriptures, these faces of Advent in this cycle of readings to help us bring us closer to him. In the first week, we looked at the prophet Jeremiah, the weeping prophet who had the most difficult task of telling the people of Israel, you've strayed away from God, the Babylonians are going to invade, you're going to lose everything. Have a nice day. We know he was not welcomed. He, he, we, he was 17 years old when he was called by God. He said, not me, I'm too young. 
I can't do it. And he was ridiculed and avoided and cast out by his own people because of the message, the difficult message he gave to the people of Israel saying, this is going to happen. The Babylonians are going to invade and there's going to be a very difficult time ahead. And yet Jeremiah was able to uh, proclaim this very difficult and painful message because he was enticed by the Lord. He could not do anything but follow God's will, even though it was very difficult and would cost him everything by simply doing God's work and responding to that call was a satisfaction and a fullness that nothing else could help him achieve. And that reminds us of this call to be disciples in our world today, sharing the joy of the good news of the gospel, which in a world that doesn't want to hear it, doesn't want to see it, we need to be those signs of hope because Jeremiah's tears of loss and of sadness were ended up becoming tears of joy because he followed the Heavenly Father's will, but he also knew the Messiah was coming. Now, last week, Father Robert talked about John the Baptist. And he has the honor of really the last of the Old Testament prophets. He has the privilege of saying, here is the Lamb of God. The Messiah has come. And what a great gift. And also saying that the Lord Jesus must increase and I must decrease. Make straight the pathways for the Lord. I compare, I was going to do it today. I, mean, I compare uh, John the Baptist to like an alarm clock which everyone loves to wake up to. As I woke up this morning, I had eight o'clock mass here at St. Joseph's and I had to get up in the morning and I hear the alarm clock and I said, no, not yet. It wakes us up from our sleep. I was gonna use a shovel today, but we can't use, there's no snow in Chatham to make straight the pathways. That's what John the Baptist's role for us is, is clear out all of those things that create barriers for us to the Lord. John the Baptist says, wake up, pay attention. The Lord is here. Don't miss out. Don't forget. Welcome him. And today we reflect on the prophet Zephaniah, who is a contemporary of Jeremiah. Zephaniah lived in the kingdom of Judah, actually preceded Jeremiah just by a little bit. And he had some royal lineage to King Hezekiah. And uh, Zephaniah is one of the 12 minor prophets. His book is very short, it's three chapters. And his message is not unique or different than what we would compare to Jeremiah and Isaiah and all the Old Testament prophets in which he predicts as a prophet and proclaims to the people of Judah that 
there's going to be great difficulties coming because they had turned away from the Lord. And in fact, in the kingdom of Judah, there was lots of uh, different forms of worship of false idols and, and a caught, people caught up in their own lifestyles and their own choices and ignored God's grace. Sound familiar? Zephaniah could preach to the world today as a pleading to all of us to turn back to God's grace. You know, Zephaniah also proclaimed that uh, invaders will come and take over and the people of Israel will lose what God had given them. He proclaimed uh, kind of the results of drifting away in sinful lives that there are consequences to not staying close to the Lord that really in a sense they had done themselves because they drifted away they forgot God's grace and they chose to turn away they chose their own pathways they created their own agendas and Zephaniah tried to encourage the people to change. And part of his time of proclaiming the good news, speaking on behalf as a messenger for God, was during the reign of uh, King Josiah, who sought to, in his time, especially in the early reign of King Josiah's uh, time, was to seek reform in Judah to try to change the pathway for the people to turn back to God, to seek humbly this grace that God offers to all of us if we turn to him. And the reading that we hear this for the third Sunday of Advent comes in the third chapter, the final chapter of Zephaniah, after he goes through and says, you've strayed from the path, you've turned away. There is a day of reckoning coming. You're going to lose the things that you've had. Turn back to the Lord. And there will be a remnant of the people of Judah who will survive. And that's where this reading comes in because it's a reading of great hope. You know, rejoice and exalt with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has turned away your enemies. On that day, it shall be said to, Jer to Jerusalem, do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior who gives victory. Offering that hope in kind of twofold reality, that there is some that will... Uh, you know, survive the Babylonian exile. And of course, we know that Jeremiah died during that exile, that there would be some restoration. But the second fold reality that Zephaniah was proclaiming was that the Messiah is coming, who's going to grant victory over sin, over death. The Lord your God will exalt over you with loud singing as on a day of festival. 
And I think that's so important for us on this third Sunday of Advent, this rejoicing Sunday, this joyful Sunday, to remember that the Lord is the Lord of joy, of grace, and of light. And we need to be able to embrace that light. But the question is, is how do we do that? Two ways. First, make straight the pathways for the Lord. One of the things that's prominent during the Advent season that we're offering in our family of parishes, opportunity for the Sacrament of Reconciliation. Very practical, very powerful way for the Lord to enter into the mess of our lives and to clear things away, to let things go, to bring us healing and strength and love and joy. The Sacrament of Reconciliation is a place of hope and of light, of conversion and renewal. As Pope Francis told the priests many, a number of years ago, he said, don't make it a torture chamber. It is a place of grace and healing and restoration and of joy because God loves us for who we are. No matter what we've done, and sets us free, no matter what. All we need to do is to turn to him. So we have to first and foremost, get rid of the clutter, reflect on our lives and what habits and what ways are sinful that take us away from God and take us away from one another and we gotta take those away and we need God's help for that to happen. So we need to clear the pathways, just like a snow shovel clears a path along the sidewalk. I know you don't like that imagery, but it's coming. Zephaniah would be saying that the snow is coming. Are we ready? So we have to clear the path. When we do that, we then are allowed to embrace God's love. And then we can do the second thing, be his disciples be his messengers, act in love, let go of our agenda. And like Zephaniah and like John the Baptist, like Jeremiah, and next week as Father Darius talks about our Blessed Mother, look at them, these faces of Advent who said yes, and then dedicated their lives to proclaim the good news. So what do we do in our way? We act in love. We get involved in our parishes. We read the scriptures, we receive the sacraments, but we reach out to those who have not encountered the Lord, to those who have turned away and embrace and share the joy that we receive, the healing that we experience in the Sacrament of Reconciliation, in the celebration of the Eucharist, in our holy hour tonight, we then, this joy that we receive from God, we must share in how we treat others, in how we don't judge others, and how we serve those around us. And when people are miserable towards us, we're not miserable back. 
When people begin to gossip about other people and you're in that conversation, one of the great ways to destroy that is to mention one good thing about that person. We seek to build people up and not tear them down. That's a living church. That's what we need in our world today for the church to be relevant, to be real, and to be life-changing in a world that has in many ways drifted away, in many ways has forgotten, in many ways doesn't remember what God has said. So we can sit back and suffer through this long reflection, which is about to end, just so you know. And we can just move on with our routines for Advent and prepare for Christmas and this is a passing memory. Or we decide that in this moment, in these days, this Advent, we make our relationship with the Lord and this special sacred season and entering into Christmas a new one. A powerful one, not just for ourselves, but figuring out ways that we can, in our all different ways, make an impact on the world. To help bring light in the midst of the darkness, to have the courage to forgive, to let go, to move forward. And it can very easily begin in our own families at Christmas, because sometimes that's very challenging. So as we continue in our time of prayer and reflection, we seek uh, the wisdom and the grace and the courage of the prophet Zephaniah, who in his small way and very courageous way in the story of salvation, spoke and proclaimed the truth, the good news, but also offered hope to the people of Israel and hope for us today. The Lord your God will exalt over you with loud singing as on a day of festival. May the Lord strengthen us in our journey, bring us peace and light, and may we be signs of God's love in everything we do.